أعوذ بالله من الشيطان الرجيم بسم الله الرحمن الرحيم الحمد لله رب العالمين والصلاة والسلام على رسوله سيدنا محمد سيدنا وسندنا وحبيبنا وشفيعنا ومولانا صلى الله عليه وعلى آله وأصحابه وأزواجه وذرياته وأهل بيته من تبعهم بإحسان إلى يوم الدين وبعد So uh, again inshallah uh, like we did last night we'll read uh, some excerpts from uh, this lengthy uh, and very, uh, mashallah, logically laid out uh, book uh, called the Hayatul Qulub Fi Rida Al Mahbub, Mawana Qamar Al Zaman Ilahabadi, Rahimahullah Taala, wa Aidanini Atallahu Bakaahu, one of the uh, living mashaykh, mashallah. So he has, I mean, it's, it's very logically laid out. If we were to bre- read it from beginning to end, uh, it, it may be a bit difficult for people to concentrate. So that's why I'm picking and choosing. But if somebody does get their hands on the book, it's a book worth reading from beginning to end. So uh, the first thing, uh, the first excerpt I wanted to read was um, a, a, a small tract uh, that uh, the sheikh included from an article written uh, by another sheikh, uh, Mu'ana Sayyid Muhammad Ahmad Yar. Uh, the word Yar in in in, uh, in Urdu nowadays is just used for like friend and like just common street language, but it's actually a Persian word meaning like uh, beloved. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so you'll you'll see like this is a very like old school name like someone will have the name like Ahmad Yar means the 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 one who loves uh, uh, the one who loves Ahmad alayhi salatu wasalam. Mm-hmm. This is Mu'ana Sayyid Muhammad Ahmad Yar who was a uh, an ustad in the Madrasa Solatiya. The Madrasa Solatiya was an interesting institution. It still exists, albeit in a different spot. Uh, there was a princess uh, from the uh, Muslim princely uh, state of Bhopal. Uh, Bhopal is currently almost smack dead in the center of India. And uh, it, it was ruled by, by, by Muslims for many centuries. And uh, the, the princess Solat from, from Bhopal gave the nafaqa for a madrasa to be built in Makkah in Ottoman times. Uh, she completely gave the entire waqf for it, the shops, in order to fund it in perpetuity, etc. And perhaps it's uh, 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 from the, from her sincerity that uh, that madrasa was the, the main madrasa of the Ahnaf for several, for, for over a century uh, in, uh, uh, in, the, in Makkah Mukarrama. And uh, it was of the only Ottoman traditional madaris that I know of in Makkah Mukarramah that still survived to this time. The Madrasatul Falah, which is the Madras of the Malikis, the authorities didn't get along with them or vice versa, something like that. So they ended up turning it into a high school. Uh, uh, and uh, the other madaris were basically nationalized. So this one, um, still it runs. The original campus of it is actually now part of the expansion expansion of the Haram Sharif. So it's actually part of the Haram Sharif now. So they gave them gave them a, a land grant in Kakia, which is one of the, the kind of further uh, uh, parts of the city. What's now like, uh, it's like f- away from the center of the city. It's now considered part of Mecca, although I don't think in the old t- old days it was. Um, but uh, uh, he was one of the oldest satas of Mawana Sayyid Muhammad Ahmad Yar was one of the old asatiza of the Madrasa Salatiya uh, and it was a, a, a place where many of our Akabir Mashaykh who uh, were basically refugees because they fought the British and then they had like a hit on their, their head they would come to the Haramain Sharifain if they could escape and live out their lives uh, and teach and serve over there.
so he mentions the corruption of the heart and wasting time. Uh, there are ten things from which no benefit is derived, and they are as follows. وَبَعْدُ وُدِدْتُ أَنْ أُذَكِّرَكُمْ وَنَفْسِي بِعَشَرَةِ أَشْيَاءَ ضَائِعَةٌ لَا يُنْتَفَعُ بِهَا عِلْمٌ لَا عَمَلَ بِهِ وَعَمَلٌ لَا إِخْلَاصَ فِيهِ وَلَا اقْتِدَاءَ وَمَالٌ لَا يُنْفَقُ مِنْهُ فَلَا يُسْتَمْتَعُ بِهِ فِي الدُّنْيَا وَلَا جَامِعُهُ فِي الدُّنْيَا وَلَا يقدمه أمامه إلى الآخرة وقلب فارغ من محبة الله والشوق إليه والأنس به وبدن معطل من طاعته وخدمته ومحبة, ومحبة عفوا لا تقييد برضاء المحبوب وامتثال أوامره ووقت معطل عن استدراك فارت واغتنام بر وقربه وفكر يجول فيما لا ينفع وخدمة من خدمة لا تقريب لا عفوا يقربك خدمته إلى الله ولا يعود عليك بصلاح دنياك وخوفك ورجاؤك لمن ناصيته بيد الله وهو أيسر في قبضته ولا يملك لنفسه ضرا ولا نفعا ولا موتا ولا حياة ولا نشورا He says I would like to remind you and myself of ten destructive things from which no benefit is derived The first is knowledge which is not practiced uh, this is something I, uh, I, I think it bears a little bit of explanation that there are many abuab of knowledge a person is not able to practice right now. And the first practice of knowledge, so to speak, is also it's in the heart. It's an action inside the heart, which is that a person venerate it, that this is the haq and this is there's khair in it, there's good in it. Uh, so let nobody say that just because somebody is reading, for example, I read the Bab of, uh, the, the Kitab of Hajj and I didn't, uh, wasn't to make Hajj for several years. And I read the Kitab of Zakat and I wasn't to make Zakat, or pay, be able to pay Zakat or be in a position to have Zakat be wajib on me for several years. I read the Kitab of Nikah and, you know, was very lonely for, for some time. Uh, uh, it doesn't mean that it's without use because you're not going to implement it right away. Rather, like we read from the Muqaddimah of Akhbari, the, uh, um, you know, the right action can only flow from right knowledge. But uh, 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 here, the knowledge that you're not going to act on is if you're just going to learn it just for the sake of information, like it's trivia, just to argue with people or to whatever, you're not even going to venerate it inside of your heart, then uh, uh, that's truly the knowledge in which there is uh, no practice whatsoever. Obviously, the veneration of it is not enough. It's not like, oh, well, you know, I know stealing is haram, so but l let's go and you know, rob a liquor store now. I mean, that, that's an extreme example. But on the flip side, the knowledge itself, there's a practice that's internal and there's a practice that's external. And, and so a person shouldn't read things like this and be like, oh, there's no point in me learning knowledge. There's a lot of benefit in the knowledge. The very least is if a person accepts it as the haq and, uh, 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 and, and, and magnifies it and honors it inside of their heart. Uh, that's the first stage of practice that has to happen before any other useful practice can happen. So the first uh, thing of which there's no benefit is knowledge which is not practiced. 
people, by the way, ask all kind of weird questions. They ask questions and they don't, they don't even really care what the answer is. They're ready to argue about that. That's, that's a, a, a knowledge. A person is like, a, a, you know, the person has like made the uh, niya of like a thief with it because they have a niya before they even ask the question that whatever the answer is going to be, I'm going to argue about it. That's, that's, the, that's a very good example of knowledge in which there's no practice. The second is practice in which there's no sincerity. For whatever reason, I think this is more easy to, for people to understand. That if a person does something without any ikhlas, that the, 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 action, is, the action is wasted. Wealth which is not spent, uh, the one who accumulate it neither enjoys himself in this world, nor does he send it forward for his hereafter. And the reason this is a, such an important thing in tasawwuf is what? Is that the money, like money, like dollar, dollars, hundred dollar bills or whatever, right? Um, everybody has to use money. You know, there's nobody who's like, oh, look, I make zikr so much that like, you know, like, you know, my be like makes a bottle of uh, Coke for me when I become thirsty or whatever. Uh, um, that doesn't, it doesn't work that way. You know, even the Salihin have to transact somewhat in the world. Um, and uh, uh, the Anbiya Muslim, the Tariq if they have to, then the Awliya also have to transact somewhat in the world. Uh, so the the issue here is not that the wealth is in the hand, but that it's in the heart. That a person hates to separate from it, which is an expression of pure love, because there's no rational, you know what I mean? There's like no rational angle to that. It's just something that sits inside of the heart. It transcends rationality. So to love anything other than Allah like that is stupid and it's harmful for a person's saluk. Um, and, and money is one of those things that people fall in the trap with. So wealth is not spent. The one who accumulates it neither enjoys himself in, in this world, uh, nor does he send it forward to his hereafter. In that sense, of per that person is even more uh, foolish than the, the, the person who is like a hedonist. At least the hedonist enjoys a little bit here. Um, it's nothing compared to the akhirah, so it's still a dumb move. But at least they enjoy something here. Whereas the miser enjoys nothing on either side, their love is completely misplaced. A body which is, quote-unquote, paralyzed from obeying Allah and uh, Allah Ta'ala and serving Him. So in that sense, there are many people who are paralyzed, they'll never walk again. There are some people who are bedridden, they'll literally never sit up again. But they're not paralyzed, why? Because Allah Ta'ala gives them the ability to obey Him. And there are some people who are in not just a good shape, you know, they're, they're not just in like health, good health and wealth, uh, but they're actually in good shape and they're actually very wealthy, but they're paralyzed from the obedience of Allah Ta'ala. And this is the true paralysis. This is the true paralysis, which is a shame. This is a question that people oftentimes three o'clock in the morning will text me or call me and they'll say, oh, Sheikh, my so-and-so relative is on their deathbed. And, uh, you know, should we pull the plug? Should we give the do not resuscitate order, etc., etc.? And uh, uh, the rule uh, for it is what? Is that as long as a person is able to make idraq of what's around them and choose between one thing and, and the other, their purpose of living, which is to, obey, to worship Allah Ta'ala, is still intact. So you know that there are people, I don't think it's valid in the Hanafi madhab, but you can take it up with the Hanafis, inshallah. Uh, but in the Maliki school, if a person is paralyzed to the point where they can only move their eyes, they are still commanded to pray just by the, by the, uh, you know, by the movement of their eyes. Uh, just a blink itself can be an uh, act of obedience. Even if a person is completely paralyzed inside their head, if they can hear and they hear something good and they can form a good opinion about it and hear something bad and form a bad opinion of it, that person's life still has uh, meaning and has value. They're, they're still making taraqi, they're still raising and ascending in maqam uh, higher and higher. Um, uh, but once that's gone, then pull the plug, uh, pulling the plug is, 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 is all right. Why? Because the maqsid of their life is gone now. 
So the ones a person is completely out of uh, out of any sort of like idrak of what's going on around uh, around them, um, then it's then it's permissible for, to stop the treatment and things like that because there's no more th- that benefit for which Allah Ta'ala created a person is no more uh, uh, there's no more profit to be had by it. So who, who how unfortunate unfortunate a person is that they walk around amongst people they may be even physically in good shape and they may be financially in good shape and they may be very intelligent but they're completely paralyzed they're like a walking uh, like a a walking coma like a walking vegetable spiritually not mentally they're spiritually like a walking vegetable in fact even vegetables have more spirituality than some people uh, number six is love which is not restricted by the pleasure of the beloved in carrying out his orders uh, that you have a love that's not restricted by the pleasure of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala because a person who claims to love other than Allah their love is wasted and the one who claims uh, the love of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala uh, 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 that person, uh, their love, if it was sincere, then it would be, uh, uh, it would cause them to act in the uh, pleasure of the beloved, because in uh, 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 the lover is obedient to the one that they they love. Time, which is uh, uh, devoid of earning reward for the future or acquiring piety and closeness to Allah Ta'ala, such time is in reality a curse. And r- literally, it's in the hadith, uh, it's uh, uh, referred to as mal'oon, uh, uh, a mind which thinks about things in which there is no benefit. Uh, again, it's a waste. Serving someone whose service will not take you closer to Allah Most High, nor will it bring you uh, any goodness in your worldly matters. What's your What's your major again? Me? Yeah. Psychology. Psych. Okay. What's your major going to be if when you have if you have a major? Computational biology. Computational biology, right? Like, can uh, I? So maybe not you. Maybe maybe more like you too, right? The corporate the corporate uh, uh, game. Your corporation isn't it true that they give you a complete vision of how your life is going to be so wonderful in the service of the corporation. And like how, you know, we'll take care of this and that. And there's free drinks on the campus. And there's a gym you can work out over here. If you want to go to sleep, you can go to sleep over here. We'll do this for you. We'll do that for you. Every year you get this this and that and the other thing. And we'll take a trip to blah, blah, blah and a retreat and this and that. And all it is is just the, the serving someone whose service will not take you closer to Allah. Nor will it bring you any goodness in your worldly matters. Someone said, well, it brings me some goodness. Right? I get paid, right? You do get paid. But they make a lot more money than you do for the things that you're doing and the day it stops they're going to throw you in the garbage and once your once your life is over and your kids hate you for not spending time with them and you you know these are things that some people learn them the hard way it's there is a it's not like everyone who works in a, a corporate setting is going to necessarily be like that but uh, there is there, there, there is a way of, uh, you know, irking your way out through the middle, but uh, a person has to be very vigilant about that and make sure that it doesn't overtake overtake them. And for God's sakes, you know, this is one of the reasons, mashallah, that uh, uh, fundamentalist uh, uh, clerics like myself always hound people about not mixing with the opposite gender recklessly. Um, Falling in love is a real thing, but there's no guarantee or promise that the person you fall in love is gonna, with is going to be good for you. You can fall in love with someone who's going to completely ruin your life. Then you can call me and like expect me to talk to you for six hours at a time. I'm not going to show any sympathy. I'm going to laugh at you. Uh, uh, it, but it happens. And, it's, and even though I'm laughing and like trying to put on a big mudahara of cruelty and like a big like show of cruelty, the fact is even inside I'm heartbroken that like how could you do this to yourself? Just be careful about these things because you may end up ser- serving someone for years whose service doesn't take you closer to Allah Most High nor will they bring you any goodness even in your worldly affairs. 
Uh, number 10, you're fearing and having hope in someone who is under Allah's control, who is his prisoner. Literally, uh, uh, Moana said, whose uh, forelock is uh, in Allah's hand, uh, uh, who's, uh, who doesn't have the power to harm nor benefit, cause death, or to resurrect a person after their death, uh, uh, or, nor do they have the uh, power to uh, uh, gather uh, uh, those resurrected bodies. So Mulana Sayyid Muhammad Ahmad Yar continues. He says, وَأَعْضُمُ هَذِهِ الْإِضَاعَةِ إِضَاعَتَانِ هُمَا أَصْلُ كُلِّ إِضَاعَةٍ إِضَاعَةُ الْقَلْبِ وَإِضَاعَةُ الْوَقْتِ وَإِضَاعَةُ الْقَلْبِ مِنْ إِثَارِ الدُّنْيَا إِلَى الْآخِرَ وَإِضَاعَةُ الْوَقْتِ مِنْ طُولِ الْأَمَلِ فَاجْتَمَعَ الْفَسَادُ كُلُّهُ فِي اتِّبَاعِ الْهَوَى وَطُولِ الْأَمَلِ وَطُولِ الْأَمَلِ وَالصَّلَاحُ كُلُّهُ فِي اتِّبَاعِ الْهُدَى وَالْإِسْتِعْدَادِ لِلِّقَاءِ وَاللَّهُ الْمُسْتَعَانِ Above uh, two time wasters, the biggest of the above two time wasters, uh, uh, which are the cause of all other wastages of time, are the wasting of, uh, sorry, the above, uh, the above, biggest of the above wasters are two, and they're the cause of all other wastages. Uh, the wasting of the heart and the wasting of time. The wasting of the heart entails giving preference to this world over the hereafter. And the wasting of time entails having uh, uh, long hopes and wishes. Long hope means what? That, oh, well, you know, I'll be able to do it tomorrow. Delaying the things that you should do today for tomorrow because you have a hope that you're going to live for a long time. Um, there is a, a, a hadith of the Prophet ﷺ that live in this world. Uh, uh, sorry, live for your, your, uh, 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 for, for your deen or for your uh, uh, akhirah. Uh, as if you're going to die tomorrow and live for your dunya as if you're going to live forever or the other way around and uh, uh, that live for your dunya as if you're going to live for forever and live for your akhirah as if you're going to die tomorrow one of the really interesting like modernist and like complete like tahrif like misinterpretations of this is what is that you should have urgency with regards to your akhirah but you should plan for your dunya as if you're going to be here forever that's not the meaning of the hadith the meaning of the hadith is what? If you're going to procrastinate, procrastinate for your dunya. Don't procrastinate for your akhirah. If you're going to procrastinate, procrastinate for your dunya. Don't procrastinate for your akhirah. That's what the meaning, that's what Rasulullah meant by this hadith. There are, uh, there's an entire, uh, an entire litany of uh, modernist misinterpretations of the hadith in the Quran that are of this type. Uh, uh, someone can write a book about them if they want to. Uh, the idea is what? That yes, it's important, but you can, you can put it off and it's not going to harm you as much as putting off the things for your akhirah is going to harm you because nobody knows what's going to happen. Uh, nobody knows what's, what's going to happen tomorrow. So all corruption revolves around following one's desire and having this long hope. Desire is what? Preferring the dunya or the akhirah and having long hope, it, like, it means that you hope you're going to live together forever. So uh, uh, putting, off your, putting off the things you have to do in your life. Because procrastination is, whatever it is, dunya or akhir, procrastination is going to result in stuff not getting done. And so having a long hope, it's, first it harms a person's akhirah more than it harms their dunya because the akhirah, uh, not having it rectified will harm you far more than not having your uh, dunya rectified. Otherwise, the Rasul Sallallahu Alaihi these are hard hadiths to hear for people sometimes. Uh, but uh, I remember uh, the hadith of the Prophet Sallallahu Alaihi that he walked past an, uh, the house of an Ansari who was building a second story on his house. 
And the Messenger of Allah looked at it and he said, what, what, why are you investing so much energy in this? What guarantee do you have that uh, you're even going to live to be able to live in it once it's built? And so he left, he abandoned uh, building the second story of his house. Now, if you say this, you know, in front of whatever doctors and engineers and board members and whatever, they're going to say, oh, you know, this is why the Muslim world is so backwards and blah, blah, blah. And this, that. No, it's not. This is why this is this is the understanding that allowed our forefathers to be people who are on top of their on top of their stuff. Allah brought other people to build a second story for them. You understand what I'm saying? The Sahaba, none of them were architects, none of them were doctors, none of them were engineers, none of, none of they were none of them were any of those things. Allah Taala gave them something that was above above this kind of like weird slavery that we right now like we're we. we Imagine inside of our, our minds that the greatest maqam Allah could give us in the dunya. In the dunya, I'm not even talking about deen. Right? They're like, oh, well, you know, okay, you're going to go to Jannah. But in the dunya, it's bad, right? Uh, 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 in the dunya, the greatest maqam we could be is we could be the house nigger, you know? You and me could be house nigger. You know, instead of working in the field, maybe Masa will call us into the house and, uh, we, you know, we can eat his leftover uh, food uh, after he's done eating it instead of having to eat the coarse food that the, that, the, that, the, that the field nigger has to eat. And that maybe, you know, we can like wear nicer clothes and maybe we can, you know, whatever, sleep with the dog uh, uh, undercover rather than having to sleep under the stars. And maybe we can, uh, you know, uh, whatever, get more uh, pudding at Christmas time, whereas, you know, the, peop- the, the, the whatever, the nigger in the field doesn't get any of that, right? It's offensive. You know why? You know why it's offensive? Because it actually, it, it is offensive. That's why it's offensive, right? Allah Ta'ala built the house for you to rule. And people don't understand that, that, that uh, uh, you know, putting your hope in the dunya is what? Is like putting your hope in Masa. Whereas you're supposed to be ruling the house, Masa is a usurper. The dunya is a usurper in your heart. It doesn't belong there. It's not, it's not, it's property that it should, uh, uh, it should uh, be able to have this power over you. And uh, the Sahaba radiallahu anhum, you know, the, the, whatever the generals of the Persians and the, 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 the kings were groveling at their feet, right? The uh, Sayyidina uh, uh, Ja'far al-Sadiq is uh, uh, at the same time the, from one side of the family, the grandson of the Prophet sallallahu, great-grandson of the Prophet sallallahu and on the other side, great, the great-grandson of Sayyidina Abu Bakr siddiq Why? Because al-Hassan al-Qasim bin Muhammad bin Abi Bakr, both of them were allotted two princesses, two princesses of the imperial house of the Sasanian dynasty as slaves. So one took one as a slave and the other took the other as a slave. They didn't wait for Masa to give them a, a job polishing shoes inside the house. They took the house over. Why? Because they gave priority to their akhirah over their dunya. They didn't live with tatwil al-amal, like, you know, as if they're going to live forever. They weren't procrastinators. The weird thing is that a person who doesn't procrastinate with regards to their deen, they also carry over that capacity into their dunya as well. But that's, it's not for that reason that they did it. Uh, uh, but this is the, the, the love of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala that the person who works for him, Allah gives them both of, bo- both of them. Allah gives them both. So he says, all corruption revolves around following one's desires and long hopes, the hope that you'll live forever and just procrastinating because of that hope. Rectitude re- entirely revolves around following guidance and making preparations to meet Allah most high. Help ought to be sought from Allah most high alone. Mulana Sayyid Muhammad Ahmad Yar then makes a very comprehensive supplication. He says, Allahumma arzuqna mahabbatak wa ta'atak wa ridaka wa jannatak ya dhal jalali wal ikram. Allah, give us in provision your love and your obedience and your pleasure and your jannah, O one possessed of majesty and, uh, 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 and generosity. 
وارزقنا محبة رسولك سيدنا محمد صلى الله عليه وسلم وطاعته وتصديقه والاقتداء والاقتداء عفوا به في كل حال وثبتنا بالقول الثابت على سنته صلى الله عليه وسلم في الحال والمآل وحشرنا في زمرته وأدخلنا في شفاعته وأوردنا على حوضه العذب الشهي على حوضه العذب الشهي الزلال He says uh, and bless us with the love of your messenger Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa sallam and obedience to him and affirmation of him and following him in every situation and every condition في كل حال ومآل uh, uh, in, in every uh, hal, in every state, uh, 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 in, in every end. Uh, keep us steadfast with the true word on his sunnah in this world and the hereafter. And raise us up with his group and admit us in his intercession and enable us to drink from his fountain of sweet and quenching water. Uh, and so here he says he says this right thabitna bil qawl thabiti ala sunnatihi sallallahu alayhi wa sallam the qawl thabit was mentioned tonight in the tarawih right yuthabbitullah alladhina amanu bil qawl thabiti fil hayat ad-dunya fil akhirah that allah ta'ala makes firm uh, uh, those who believe with a firm word uh, in this life and in the hereafter and the tafsir of the firm word in this life is la ilaha illallah so the person who wishes to have the qawl thabit they should repeat that again and again la ilaha illallah la ilaha illallah uh, and the qul thabit in the akhirah is what? Is that they should answer the questioners munkar and nakir uh, 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 properly when they're questioned inside their grave as to who their God is and what their deen is and what they say about the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. وَوَالِدِينَ وَأَزْوَاجِنَا وَذُرِّيَاتِنَا مِنَ الْمُسْلِمِينَ Sorry, وَالْمُسْلِمِينَ إِنَّكَ يَا رَبَّنَا عَلَى كُلِّ شَيْءٍ قَدِيرٍ وَصَلَّ اللَّهُ عَلَى سَيِّدِنَا مُحَمَّدٍ وَآلِهِ وَصَحْبِهِ أَجْمَعِينَ He says, give all of that to our, to us and to our parents and to our wives and to our progeny and to all of the Muslims. Oh Allah, oh our Lord, you are you have power over all things and may the peace and blessings of Allah be on our master Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wasallam and all of his companions. Wa sallallahu ta'ala rasulihi Sayyidina Muhammad wa ala alihi wa sahbihi ajma'in.